0: Hello and welcome to the Arrowhead Pride podcast. We call From the Podium, where you get to hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm the editor in chief of ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney. Chiefs were back to work on Wednesday as they get ready for the Carolina Panthers this weekend. We got to hear from Chiefs head coach Andy Reid, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, running back Clyde Edwards E. Lair, and undrafted free agent defensive lineman, Tershawn Turk Wharton. First, you'll get to hear from Reed and Mahomes. We'll take a quick break, and we'll hear from Clyde and Wharton. First up, here's the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, Andy Reid.
1: All right, so as far as uh, practicing today, Frank uh, Clark won't practice. He's got a little bit of a swollen knee. should be okay, though, as we go, but we'll rest him up today. And uh, Schwartz is uh, not going to practice, likewise, with the back. Uh, we do have Sherm back. He'll he'll be out there. Sammy Watkins will get some work in. Um, and we'll see how, how he does. And then uh, Snead will also be out getting uh, some work in. So we look forward to the challenge of playing the Panthers. Um, well-coached football team, good players, play aggressive. And um, we got to have a good week of practice. So that time's yours.
2: First is Sam Millinger. That's Sam.
1: Um, hey, Andy. Um, I'm
3: curious with, you know, the election day over, um, could you review for us just sort of how you guys – handled that or discussed that internally? I mean, was it more informal, just players can talk about candidates or whatever amongst themselves? Did you guys ever do that as a team?
1: No. Um, we just, uh, you know, I, I alerted them. With the, first of all, they set it up. So uh, with the man here, <clears throat> so they've been in touch with this, the whole uh, training camp and, and so on. So that, that was kind of their their baby right there, putting it together. So, um, uh, so then I... Alert them that they would have the day off. And um, <clears throat> not that they didn't know that, but they, they were going to have the day off. And <clears throat> and then we just went from there. Everybody do their business and take care of what they need to take care of.
3: Thanks to Blair Kirkhoff. Good, Blair.
4: Hey, Andy. Uh, and Brad, I'll have a quick follow up for this. But uh, we're getting uh, a couple of first year players today on on the conference call. And I just. Was wondering what, if you could speak to the challenges first-year players in the NFL had this season because of the COVID restrictions and no preseason games.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it's different. Uh, they came in w- without much other than uh, like we're doing here. Uh, this was, These were our meetings, and we'd put the play up on the screen, and we'd talk about it, and, uh, you know, we could show them video through the computer and... Um, and so that's, you know, that's what we did. But uh, uh, having run the play, uh, that didn't take place. Normally you're, you've you got everything installed and you've run it before you get to training camp. That, uh, again, that wasn't the case uh, this offseason. So uh, I was proud of the way they came in and attacked uh, uh, camp and they didn't let any distractions get in the way of learning and did a nice job with it.
4: And, and how about the, the value of having an experienced championship locker room to walk into for these guys?
1: Yeah, that helps. Well, it, help, it helps to have guys that are willing to share. And uh, that's uh, the most important thing. You can, you can have the experienced locker room, but if nobody wants to give the young guys a, a helping hand, that's, that's not real good either. So, But this crew here, um, they're, they're willing to share and teach and kind of check their egos at the door on that.
2: Go next to Herbie Tiope. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, good morning, Coach. Specific to uh, Martinez Rankin, that if my math is correct, this is the the third week of the 21-day window since he returned to practice. What are you hoping to see out of him this week before making that determination and he is ready to come back to the active roster?
1: Yeah, so he's getting there. I mean, he's real close. And um, <clears throat> I think it's great the, the way this is set up where he's got that time to um, get himself ready to go I mean he had no camp and this is the first football he's had the last couple of weeks so it's uh it's good for him to get in there and bang it around a little bit on um you know on the scout team so that's what he's been doing
0: next to Pete Sweeney go ahead, Pete Good morning coach. One of the players we'll get today is Turk Wharton. And just speaking to the thought of undrafted players and I know don't do a ton of personnel work anymore, but just how difficult is it to to get contributors that are undrafted from these uh, smaller schools and then Turk specifically, what have you seen that you liked?
1: Well, if you're going to get one, you get him from Missouri Science and Tech. I mean, come on, man. you know. It's uh that that's a, I think it's awesome for the area, for the school, university and and uh for the kid. I mean, he's uh, done nothing but shut his mouth and work hard, you know, and, and learn. And uh, he's a smart kid. So good person, all that. He, he's done a real nice job.
3: Connect to Sarin Petro. Go ahead,
5: Coach, I know you've uh, talked a lot about how, uh, you know, every, every receiver you want to be able to know every position, right? And and so that's part of what they want. McCole Hardman's obviously having to move around. You mentioned Sammy getting a little bit of work. Uh, how, how difficult is that? A, it, uh, you know, I mean, I know that's what you want, but to actually, because of all the diversity in your, your offense, is that a two-year deal, a three-year? I mean, I'm sure every guy's similar, but how much better is McCole Hardman ready to move around this year versus last year?
1: Yeah, he does a great job. He knows every position. Real smart kid. I mean, he was smart last year too. We just were getting him kind of caught up to um, the different fundamental techniques and and all the coverages that you see but he uh, he can play any position in there and knows them all and knows them well so uh, and really the way Greg does it um, is you know the, the guys have a position that they know but they're different personnel groups even within the three wide receiver scheme so uh, you've got <clears throat> you got to be flexible when where you move one week, might be the same play as the week before, but you're doing something different and uh, you're in just a different spot, so uh, you, gotta, you gotta have a pretty good grasp on things. You gotta be able to get out of the huddle, and which becomes somewhat important uh, not always accomplished, but somewhat important and and uh, get lined up and then know what you're doing in a short period of time.
3: Looks like we've got three more left. Let's go, Adam, Darren, and then Matt. Go ahead, Adam.
6: Hi, Andy. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but um couple of your kids have connections to Matt rule from when they were at temple. Um, plus for at least part of Matt's time at temple, you were coaching down the street. So my question for you is how well did you get to know Matt back then? And could you kind of see he was going places even back then?
1: Yeah. Well, Britt, um, worked with him and told me I need to hire him, you know, and when, it, when I had a full staff and when I got time to hire him, he, darted up to the Giants. And so, um, yeah, he had an opportunity to go with Coughlin up there. And, uh, and so coach uh, had him as a quality control coach and he got, you know, he did a nice job there. Then came back and became this head coach that really did a great job and uh, at all the stops in college. So, um, but I, you know, I've had a chance to get to know him. Um, and I, I think he does, a uh, he's doing a great job now. He, I, I loved watching him at, at the college level and he did a great job there too. So he's good for the national football league. My youngest son had a chance to play for him too.
6: So that was a plus.
3: next to Darren Smith. Go ahead
6: Darren. Uh, Good morning coach. Um, First off, you know, first half of the season, has the team met your expectations on what you've expected with, you know, COVID, lack of off season stuff, practices and stuff like that? Uh, have they met your expectation to be a seven to one? Then, what are you looking forward to the second half of the season? And then, also, I know the NFL, they, the competition committee has talked about possibly expanding it to 16 teams. Uh, you know, in case COVID uh, rips up games later on in the season, what are your thoughts on that as well?
1: Yeah, so uh, listen, I'm proud of the guys just for how they're taking care of business. And I mean, are there going to be hiccups in the road? Yeah, absolutely. But you know, it's happening everywhere, so we get it. We're just trying to. And do the best we can do um, individually and collectively as a group. Uh, so um, uh, as far as expected, we got to keep getting better as a team. But as far as doing the the right things and working to that uh, goal, uh, the, they they've been tremendous went. So um, and then I listen, I'm not sure exactly all the <clears throat> workings of what how that's going to go. Uh, uh, with the extended season or the playoff, extended number of players, uh, teams in the playoffs and all that. So, uh, but whatever they do, we we'll, we're, we're going to be right there, uh, you know, with them and support them. So, I mean, that's, uh, we're all in this together and the, the league's just trying to maneuver through a complicated situation and still <clears throat> give the fans uh, a great show and, and um, at the same time, uh, keep the players safe, but giving them an opportunity to, make a living doing what they love doing. Go ask them, Matt, Derek.
3: Hey, Coach, Brett. Brett's talked about how Tershawn really got a chance to show himself at the Shrine Bowl, and there's been a lot of guys, and you've you've, worked with these college all-star games in the past. With the Shrine Bowl canceled this year, maybe some of the others up in the air, and just the contact with college kids this year limited, how tough is that going to be, you know, to really kind of get to know those kids, and and how do you how do you feel for these kids that maybe you know won't get a chance to prove themselves?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen it with the high schools. I've seen it with the colleges. Um, that's a that's a tough deal. They've worked so hard to get to this point. Whether it's a coll- high school kid just getting to a senior year and have an opportunity to play, and or go on to the college level, and then these college kids bust their tail, and there they have a chance to either finish up their senior year, junior year, or or jump into the um NFL so you know the more the more opportunity we have a chance to see the guys and meet them talk to them uh the more comfortable you are bringing them into your team so without that we'll have to find a different way to maneuver I think.
5: Hey Patrick I'll kind of start you off with a, a fun question there were a lot of people in both Clay County and Jackson County that wrote you in as president so I just wanted to know if you had a slogan, uh, what would your slogan be uh, if you had that? And are you conceding the race officially? And also just recap recap uh, Arrowhead Stadium, how the uh, voting process went. I know you donated uh, half the money to get to that. How you feel it all went down and going forward, since you're gonna be here for two more election periods, how you feel that Arrowhead would be uh, open for more elections in the future?
7: Yeah, I mean, first off, I mean, it's, it's funny for sure. I mean, it was, I think Arrowhead was a, ended up being a great spot for for people to kind of come come together, go out and get your vote, uh, and be in a great place where where it seemed like everything went smooth and it was ran well. And so uh, super exciting, and hopefully that we can continue to do that. And obviously, funny getting rid in and stuff like that, but uh, that's not anywhere where I'm thinking right now. So uh, maybe later on I'll think of a slogan or something like that.
3: Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete
0: afternoon, Patrick. Um, You're obviously a former MVP of this league and, and one of the features right now. Another guy coming in is Christian McCaffrey. I know it's the other side of the football, but as a fan of the game, what do you like that he brings to the table?
7: Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a guy that can do it all. I mean, he, he can catch the ball just as well as he runs the ball, and he runs the ball well. So uh, he's someone that can really is a mismatch for defenses. He can run the ball between the tackles. He can have speed to beat on, uh, to win on the outside, and he, and he can run routes just like a receiver. So a talented guy, and I'm excited to get to watch him play. Let's
5: go next to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Patrick. Um, last week, obviously, you hit Tyreek on a couple of deep passes, and that's something that hasn't been quite as open this year. Is that something you guys outwardly talked about, like, hey, be patient, that's coming, that's coming? Or was it just sort of understood that the way defenses are playing with you, you didn't really have to have that talk?
7: Yeah, I think it was, it was more understood. I mean, we, we run the routes during every game where we have the opportunities to have these big plays. It's just we've been hitting the underneath guys instead just because of how the defense is presenting itself. And so uh, for us... I'm going to try to do a good job of giving those guys opportunities downfield. And when the defense is going to really take it away, get it to the other guys underneath and let them make plays as well. Let's go next to Karen Kornacki. Go ahead, Karen.
4: Hi, Patrick. Congratulations on being the AFC Offensive Player of the Week. You've been that a few times in your career and twice this year. Does that carry any more meaning? I mean, you've won so many awards, but to be honored when you've had a great game, do you look at that as something that's pretty special?
7: Yeah, it is. I mean, in, anytime you're honored uh, in a league like this with, the, with those Player of the Week, I mean, there's a lot of guys that have had that had great weeks this week, and so that, that that's that's special to me, and it's something that you have to really just you 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 still take that same honor from the beginning to the end of your career because you know that that they they're not they don't come all the time, and you have to really go out there and earn it every single week. This
3: connects to Sam Mellinger. Go, ahead, Sam. Hey, Patrick, um, I want to ask you with, you know, the election, at least the voting over, right? Um, did you guys, politics is such a divisive topic for a lot of people. Did, did you guys amongst the team, did you guys ever talk about like specific candidates or issues to vote for? Or was it more just like, hey, you just go vote and what you do is, is
6: what you do?
7: I think we, we talk about certain subjects. Uh, I mean, you, you have those, those conversations cause you have people that come from all different, different backgrounds, uh, from different areas of the country. And so you definitely talk and listen and get diff- different perspectives. But we try to keep it uh, out of the politics, uh, being so divisive as it is, but we want, we want to understand where everyone's coming from, no matter who you vote for. Let's
3: go to Sarin Petro. Go, Sarin. Uh,
5: Patrick, uh, Two, two quick questions kind of related. I'll, I'll give you the first one, and then if Brad, you let me just follow up. Uh, first of all, you know, a lot of questions last week about the Jets and a, a look-ahead scenario, and and obviously you guys passed that test with flying colors. It also seemed like maybe, you know, and, and I remember you talking back to that first game on the road with no fans and how empty it was, how it took you a little time to get going. Have you guys, you know, decided you got to get a little more animated? We saw you carrying Tyreek Hill. Tyreek's Jumping into the uh, stands is—is is that one of the ways you guys are kind of creating that energy and in emotion for yourselves? Is just doing it with your own, you know, interaction amongst the guys on the field?
7: Yeah, I mean, you have to. I think we did that even before that there wasn't fans in the stands. You have to enjoy playing this game. You have to love it. Uh, it's a long season. And you want to make sure that you have that same energy every time you step in that field. And so we enjoy going out there and being able to play this game together and get go out there and have success doing it.
5: All right, and then the the follow up is. You know, you'd been saying all along, right, they've been kind of taking the top off from you guys. You've been patient, taking what they're giving, and all that. This game obviously looked like some of the, you know, older games where you had a chance to do it. Is that something you guys needed to do, right, to know that it's there just like a recent, for lack of a better term, muscle memory that if you need to shoot it out, you know, you've done that within the last four or five weeks and, and you can do it?
7: Uh, I mean, I never I never had any doubt that we were able to do it. So, I mean, I think for us, we're just trying to go out there, uh, take what's there and score and score points. Uh, The defense has been playing their tell off, getting us the ball in great field position. And we're trying to capitalize on that as much as possible. Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam.
6: Hey, Patrick, uh, you talked earlier about being able to get some big plays to Tyreek against the Jets. And you've also talked recently about having to be patient. How's Tyreek been through all this? I mean, have you had to talk to him about, about staying patient or has he had to talk to you about that? I mean, how's that, how's that part of it been? I think he's 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 been all about the process.
7: I mean, he understands that when the opportunity comes, I'm going to give him a chance, and uh, he usually makes the play every, uh, when I when I give it in range for him to make a catch. And so uh, he understands that. That's what's so special about our locker room is no one's no one's trying to ask for the ball. No one's uh, saying I need to get these catches or these these run attempts. Everybody just wants to win, and they understand that that they're going to get their shot, and when it does, they're going to capitalize on that opportunity.
2: So we got one more hand up. We'll go
4: last to Matt. Derek, go ahead, Matt.
3: Hey, Patrick, I'm curious about, you know, the, the swag surfing that was going on, um, going to the fourth quarter. I get it. It's a fun, it's, a, it's fun and it's a game and you're supposed to be having fun. I'm curious what you thought of it when you, know, you saw the guys out on the field of defense doing that. And conversely, how would you feel if you were on the other side, you were on offense and you saw the opposing defense doing that to you guys?
7: Yeah, to me, I think it was just our defense was out there having fun and a break during the game. And like you said, you just got to bring your own energy. You got to have fun, uh, especially when there's not as many fans in the stands. And so uh, I thought those guys were having a having a great great time out there and playing some really good football. And so uh, for me, if there's if the other defense, I would just try to go score. I mean, that's the all, all you can do in those moments. And uh, you let your play talk uh, in those moments.
4: Patrick, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.
5: Learn more at marines.com.
0: You just heard from Chiefs head coach Andy Reid and quarterback Patrick Mahomes. And now we continue on with running back Clyde Edwards-Elair.
2: Hey, Clyde, a couple of weeks ago when, uh, after Le'Veon Bell signed, Eric Biemie was saying that it was an opportunity for you to like learn from him and, and, and have him sort of serve as a mentorship role. So I'm, what is the biggest thing that you've picked up from him over these last couple of weeks?
8: Um, you know, the, the, the biggest thing is just how we practice, um, uh, and honestly you know Le- Le'Veon came in and and he's uh you know he just brought in a different a different little pep and you know this it's always just extra competition in the room once you once you get an extra person in the room um it it, it kind of up you know up tempos the 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 competition so ultimately just the way we compete uh you know day in and day out uh you know we off the field friends but on the field you know uh you still still doing it, any, anything in our power to get on the field and compete
3: Let's go next to
4: Karen Kornacki. Go, ahead, Karen. Hi, Clyde. You've had the chance now to work with this offense, and Patrick Mahomes is just named the Offensive Player of the Week, but what impresses you working with a quarterback like him? How has he helped you elevate your game to this level?
8: Ultimately, uh, the most simple thing that can come to mind is poise. Uh, just the way um, everything is handled in, in tight situations, and and ultimately, um keeping a poker face and then understanding everything that, that we have called, he has called and just understanding the concept of, of what we have uh, called. Herbie, I think I'm going to cut you off there. I think you had a follow-up.
2: Go ahead. Hey, hey Clyde, back to Aledion. And Eric also mentioned that he reached out to you before he signed. What did it mean to you when, when Bell did reach out to you and let you know that he was coming here? Um, ultimately
8: it was just a it's it's a respect thing and and that's that's kind of like a, a a man-to-man thing so uh honestly uh straightforward is just, it's just respect let's go next to sarin petro go ahead sarin.
5: uh Clyde, i know you you talked about uh learning the concepts early on back before the season even got started right and you would t- you kind of touched on that a little bit earlier on things how overall do you, do you think it's going as far as uh you in the passing game right and and understanding your role all the roles i know it's so many dominoes kind of fall on each other where you, your role isn't just about you, it's some of the other things you got to understand that are going out there. Where do you feel you are in the passing and the blocking side of things for uh, the running back position? Um,
8: right now, I feel like, I feel like um ultimately, we're we're right on schedule. Um, as far as talking to, you know, Coach EB and Coach Reed, there's nothing, nothing negative being said. It's ultimately, you know, just, just this game and, and being in the NFL, everything is week to week. So, uh, you know, every week, just finding that those those three things to get better, at and and those are those are always in my up there for me as far as uh, you know, pass game and just understanding my role in my concept. If it's a uh, if it's a week, you know that ultimately the running back has has his one eleventh, and, and I, I go out and do my job in a passing
0: game. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go to Pete. Hey, Clyde, I was wondering if you could share maybe the advantages and perhaps some disadvantages of being in a rotation uh, rather than maybe where you were getting 65, 70 percent of the the snaps.
8: Um, you know, ultimately, uh, advantages is, is fresh legs and, and just being able to to always be be fresh on the field when, when you're in. And um, I mean, as as far as being a running back, disadvantages, just I would probably just say groove. And that's that's probably with, with, with every back, uh, you know, just just finding a, a groove to get in. Um, but you know, getting in when, when when a person's uh number is called and ultimately we're 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 pro. So executing when your number is called and, and being able to work with the opportunities that you get.
4: Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate.
8: Hey Clyde. Um obviously most Chiefs fans are aware of you being the top pick in the draft this year. Uh, but I wanted to ask you about Deshaun Wharton, a guy who was not drafted, but What's it been like to get to know him from training camp on and just to see the success that he's having on the other side of the ball he does it, it seems like he does everything right um and, and he's uh he's probably one of the one of the hardest working guys that that, that came in so um re- he's very respectable does does everything he's asked to do and you know once you do that and, and, and you're a person who's who's all all the way bought in, you ultimately see the results coming and, and Right now he's 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 enjoying it and everything he's doing is, is working out for him. We've
6: got
7: two left. So let's go, Adam and then Steve. Go ahead,
8: Adam.
6: Hey Clyde, um, pretty soon you'll be getting to the point where you've played a full you would have played a full college season and you might have ten or twelve games left in this season. I'm just curious how you're feeling physically and how you're doing with the mental grind that you need to get through a full NFL season
8: right right now um ultimately i can say that that i haven't been in the training room this this season yet so everything is uh as far as the the, the things that i do uh to keep my body healthy i, I feel like it's working so far uh, mentally i just feel like i'm i've i've only pretty much scratched the surface of of what what i can possibly get done and and, and what this team can possibly get done is uh everything is is so fast and week to week it it, it, it still doesn't feel like uh as as long as a college season, just because of how how the NFL works, so I'm fine. Last we'll to Steve Walls. Go good Steve.
6: Hey Claude,
8: you talked about uh, competing with the guys in the running back room, but in a way, you're also competing with the the other running backs in the league. Um, being ranked number three in rushing yards in the league, do you look at those numbers at all? And if you do, how, motiv- how motivating is that for you? Um, you know the the times that I that I look at it is the times that it just kind of just pops up on my feed. It's it's not it's not something that I I go out and actively look for. But but when you do see it, um, you know if if you're not if you're not in this game for a competition, it's it's kind of like why why are you doing it? So yeah, I look at it and I, and I know it's a competition, but it's not something something that I'm forcing. It's uh if it comes to me and I'm able to run the ball and and have the game uh, have a great game, then then so be it, and then we flush it and move on to the next week. That's just what it is. Clyde, we appreciate you taking the time.
5: Thanks for joining us. Yes, sir. No problem. Sean, I think this is the first time uh, we've talked to you in a little while, if it's since before season. So just what's the process been trying to get yourself immersed with the Chiefs uh, defensively, the scheme, getting some play time, and also representing Missouri S&T, uh, that small school factor, representing Missouri S&T into the league?
9: Uh, it's been good. I mean, just uh, going out there competing every day. Um Making, getting my habits down of what I'm going to do each and every day, and learning how to become a pro—that's really what it' been. And uh, as far as making plays, I mean, coach bags put you in positions to where you make plays. So that just been me playing
2: off a technique. Go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete.
0: I want to ask you more about uh, Steve Spagnuolo and, and this scheme. Why do you think it, it's a fit for what you do well?
9: I mean, so coming from SNT, I played. In a 3-4, but we kind of played it in a different way. So uh, where I'm playing that is kind of almost similar to what I did in college. It's just now I'm playing on a guard and I'm not worried about the edge. So I uh, think it let me use my size and, and strength in there to get under the bigger guys and let me just make plays that way.
3: Let's go next to Matt Derrick. Go
9: ahead, Matt. Hey, Sean. Uh, I was
3: curious about the sack that uh, you had on Sunday and you kind of take us through it. And And also specifically at the end, you know, it looked like you were getting ready to be able to drive Darnold to the ground pretty hard, but maybe let him up. Was that just you you heard the whistle and you didn't want want to get the flag there?
9: Uh, Yeah, so the second, you know, there's the first one. So it's always uh, good when you get the first one. Uh, We call something up front. And, uh, yeah, I just knew if I would have slammed him, it wouldn't have been good for the pocket. So I had to let up at the end. Let's
4: go next to
2: Blair Kirkhoff. Go ahead, Blair.
4: Hey, Trishon, um, Andy Reid said a little while ago uh, regarding first-year players, rookies, that, you know, having, a, you know, an experienced uh, locker room, guys that have won championships uh, has been, you know, helpful to first-year guys and a willingness to help, you know, these older guys to help you. Can you share any of the experiences you've had with some of the veteran players helping you out?
9: Uh, yeah, so, uh, I mean, I'm in a room with a bunch of guys that then had success in the league and not only success, like they're uh, well-known. So just being in there with Chris, Frank, and uh, Mike Pennell, Nadi, all those guys with experience, you know, they uh, take me under their wing and pull me to the side with something going on and just tell me how to fix it. And I always uh, just drive on that. And then knowing that they ask you to and pull you to the side, they they know that you have potential. So they just uh, make sure that I'm on top of myself and they hold me to a high standard with uh, the locker room and then there's also, you know, the back end guys, they trust me too. So, you know, just play it worked out well.
3: Let's go next
2: to Herbie Tiopi Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Treshawn, when you, obviously you're coming from a small school and that, that has challenges in itself, but when training camp arrived, when did you know, was there a specific moment when you knew that you belonged?
9: I mean, When you when you get picked up, you feel like you belong automatically Uh, and just going, you know, you're playing with champions. So competing every day, the more and more I made a few plays in training camp, I realized like, oh, I could do this. Like it raised your confidence, you know, uh, when Kalechi was here, working with him a lot, seeing him every day, uh, that really helped out a lot. You know, he aggressive. So when I was able to start winning and having a little few reps on him, and able to see the film, it, it made me just arrive a little bit.
2: Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Treshawn, I have two
8: questions for you. Um, so to start, can you explain what the feeling was for you on opening night as a rookie without preseason games and then what the feeling was Sunday at the halfway point of your rookie season? And then, Brad, I'll have a follow-up.
9: Uh, the first, the opening night, I mean, we played Deshawn Watson, so, I mean, it was a... It was something that was different. I had never seen this many people before. Uh, when we came out and was standing out there and came back in the locker room and everybody started yelling, I was like, oh, I never heard nothing like this before. And, uh, I mean, I had some jitters in me a little bit, made, and then once I calmed down in the game, it, it started helping me. And then uh, from halftime to the other night, it was just like, you know, it's just finally everything is starting to slow down for me. I mean, it's still some things that you just got to work into, but – Uh, It just slowed down now. It's starting to slow down for me.
8: And then secondly, what would you say has been your most uh, memorable message that you've received from somebody at Missouri S&T about the way you've played so far this season?
9: I mean, uh, I have a lot of supporters from S&T. So uh, just just the way that they follow me, really. Like, uh, as far as people, parents, my teammates' parents, as well as uh, my teachers, they all reach out to me through either email or so uh, just really, they just tell me keep it, keep going and uh, just never get complacent. Just, just keep fighting. And, uh, you know, they just want to see me do this for a long time.
2: Let's go last to Sam McDowell. Go ahead,
5: Sam. Hey, when when you're at Missouri S&T, obviously it's not the conventional route to get to the NFL. And I'm sure you're aware of that while you're there. Um, what sort of did, was the NFL, though, still in, in your mind when you're there? And what sort of obstacles did you feel like you knew you were going to have to, to sort of hurdle to, to get here?
9: Oh, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, like you said, it's not it's not the way that, to go. And uh, I mean, it was always the plan. It was always a childhood dream. And uh, just being there, I knew I would have to work harder. As far as not just uh, not saying my, anything bad about my coaches, but I just knew a different level of coaching was out there. So I took a few uh, few steps of going out and finding training myself, and just pushing myself through the off season. Because at that level, you know, people don't really push themselves through the off season. So I just pushed myself through the off season, reaching out to different uh, trainers and making sure that uh, I was going to be able to compete not only at my level, but if I did get talent in front of me that was higher, I could compete with them as well.
4: So, Sean, we appreciate your time today. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.